Welcome to the Spurs 9501 podcast. From Kane to the lane, the final say on all things Tottenham. Here are your hosts, Steve, Ray, Cam and Jam. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Spurs 9501 podcast. I've got a very special guest again, Jack Farr, who's a Serie A expert with us. Hello, Jack. Welcome back. Good to yeah, see hey, you. man. Just wanted to see your last video did really, really well, Jack. Got lots of views on our channel, so I thought it'd be a great idea to get you back. Um, all the things are happening. Tottenham seems to be, um, you know, basically the laughing stock. One of the guys sent me, a, um, you're probably too young to remember this, but he said, I'm Monty Python writing the script for this. You know, it's just crazy. <laughs> so um, basically, Gattuso was mentioned, then he finished because we had this no to Gattuso trending. Just tell us a bit about why Gattuso was such a bad choice. Well, Gattuso's not done a lot to even justify that he's a decent manager. Um, and now what I mean by that is if you look at kind of the history of the jobs he's had, you know, he's had kind of spells in Greece and spells with teams that you've never heard of. Um, Gattuso's main break in terms of, uh, you know, a managerial appointment was he was he was in charge of the Milan, you know, one of the Milan youth teams. And then he got an opportunity for, for the first team. So I think yeah. that when you have AC Milan on your on your CV as, as a manager, you then will be you know linked with other jobs, hence the Napoli job, and hence then after that the Fiorentina job. Yeah. But we have to be realistic here with I know the Milan team at the time wasn't fantastic, but you know, he didn't manage to get top four with Napoli, so it's why he finished there. And then obviously there was this whole whole mess up with uh, with Fiorentina where they did not agree on a transfer strategy. And obviously, Jorge Mendes is a very powerful, important figure in football. So to not have Gattuso or Jorge uh, Mendes on board is 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 not good. You know, that would not spell good things going forward for, for Fiorentina, who are, who are really in the ascendancy. They've got some really nice players uh, going forward. So for Spurs, I, I tried to say this, um, you know, the, the guys from We Are Tottenham TV were, were, were tweeting me. It's like, if Fonseca was a downgrade from Conte, then Gattuso is definitely a downgrade from Fonseca. It makes no, it makes to me it makes no sense. And this is the kind of I guess I don't want to drone on too long, but this will be the final the final thing on Gattuso. I don't know whether it's Paratici or Daniel Levy. It's kind of like a ping pong type thing going on here because you've got passionate. Antonio Conte screaming his head off, like we'll do anything to win this kind of gritty personality. Then you have this kind of composed, like, you know, good level of kind of decorum and, and class about him in Palo Fonseca, which is the other side of the spectrum. And now you're jumping straight back over to, to one of the biggest kind of lunatics that football has ever seen in, in Gattuso. You know, I feel like your next manager might be Roy Hodgson at the rate it's going, you know, like what, what's... Big Sam, yeah, yeah. Well, Big Sam. Like it doesn't. Yeah. There's no. If you went from a manager of a certain style to another manager within the same style, but a little bit lesser, and so on and so forth, I'd go. Ah, I see what they're trying to do here, but it feels like they're just kind of blindfolded and just shooting in the dark here. Honestly, sure, sure. I mean, I work in data transformation, and what we normally say there's no correlation between the data. The data, there's no correlation at all between these data points, are there? Right. Right. Yeah. Just tell me, I mean, are you aware of some of the, I mean, a lot of the fans saying he's sexist, homophobic, racist. Are you aware of any of those? I mean, I haven't followed Gattuso at all, but did you, are you able to give our fans the type of things that he's saying that are upsetting so many people? I, I, without, without swearing, obviously, yeah. Right, and, and, and the thing is, 
what again, and this is no justification, trust me, I'm going to be the last person to try and justify any sort of uh, bad behavior of, of that nature, regardless of, of what era you're from, what age you're from, where you're from, etc. But it is important to take into account, you know, this is a guy who in terms of his background and in terms of what he's had to do within his career, these are all kind of traits and opinions that you would expect of a man of this nature. Now, yeah. I'm not trying to condone it, but I think it's important to know where it comes from. Um, I would say that saying, you know, no to no to Gattuso is probably going to be one of the better moves of this managerial search, which so far has not been pretty. <laughs> not been pretty at all. OK, we'll leave Gattuso there. Um, just a ship's passing in the night, thankfully. And this, I think we dodged a, a ball, a, a, a curveball there, really. We dodged a bad right. one there. Right. Just a quick one, I mean, about Fabio Paratici. Tell our viewers about him, because obviously he's a kingmaker now, and Daniel Levy's appointed him. He's gone to Conte, Gattuso, Fonseca. It looks like he's got a, a crush on the Serie A managers, and that's where he's going to look, because, right. to be fair to him, that's probably what he knows. He knows about the Serie A managers. So tell us a bit about Fabio, Fabio Paratici. Was he successful at Juve? I mean, what are some of his highlights and his lowlights? What did, you know, give us some background to him. So, so I mean, Fabio Paratici was basically there throughout the entire nine-year run with Juventus, where they won the league every single time. Okay, and he, fine, so the nine-year, yeah. Yeah, you know, he was, and don't get me wrong, that, that was an incredibly lopsided league, and a lot of people got the impression that it had become a bad league, that the teams weren't good anymore, it was just Juventus. That wasn't really the case, but... Juventus really were a class a class above, and it's only recently with with Conte and his fantastic success with that great Inter team that we've seen them compete. Uh, Milan looking to be kind of back at it a little more, and we're seeing the likes of Atalanta and some of these other teams, you know, kind of on the come up again. Um, with regards to Paratici, one thing that I kind of want to acknowledge: um, there's a guy called uh, uh, Beppe Marotta. Right, who I'm sure you've heard of, who, who who works in similar circles, and yet again has spent some time across Italy and um, was was working with Paratici quite a lot. So one thing I hear a lot is that there's a certain level of hand holding um, with with Paratici from Marotta. I don't think that's strictly true. Um, I think that's quite a quite a leap of faith to kind of kind of have that opinion. I don't feel like that's true. But to the point that you make there, yeah, it does seem like they're absolutely set on an Italian manager. And what I think is frustrating, and I, I would understand your frustration or your viewers' frustration, there is other like nationalities which you can dip into here with plenty of decent managers, some of which are in you know of, of which are in your own backyard. A lot of the um, managers in Syria have just accepted new jobs. You know, we're, we're seeing that at, uh, at Milan, at Roma. Um, you know, we've got um, we've got Maurizio Sarri back in the league. You know, it, it's not going to Max Allegri's now back. So it's not like there's a, a wealth of uh, Syria. You know, managers left to, to 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 pick from, or Italian managers. I mean, sure. you know, the last thing Spurs are going to want to hear are like, "Oh, yeah, we've got a guy, we've got a guy from Genoa or Spal as the next yeah. manager." It's going to be like, "Who? What? Why?" Yeah. You know, there's yeah. there's other nations to dip into, and I think that uh, there's one name who I'm who I know we're yeah. going to get to, but there's one name left I would say that is a reasonable option. But any other Italian manager that you're linked with, I would say, is just a reach at this point. Okay, so what was Fabio Paratici's main achievement while he was at, um, I know you said they won nine titles, which is a great thing, you know. What is the, what is the game-changing thing that he, you think he did to help that, stimulate that success? Um, so I can't kind of pinpoint one thing because sure. it is, it, 
the the job in itself and you know i have aspirations to to do this job myself at some point in the future it's yeah. you're you're trying to create a squad right and you're trying to manage a squad and that comes with easy decisions and that comes with hard decisions but the kind of fruits of your labor only really come out after kind of a year or two after you make the first decision. So it's not like he did something on the 3rd of February, which then on the 4th of February was a great success. You know, he, he would have been vital in terms of the recruiting of, of, um, of free agents. So we always see Juventus signing these fantastic free agents. We always see them getting deals for players, which really they have no right to be getting. And obviously Fabio Paratici was a huge part of that. Yes, he did spend a lot of time with Beppe Marotta, but there's a certain level of experience in that. And by virtue of him helping to create that Juventus squad over those nine years, that is his crowning achievement. It's not like you can pinpoint one player. Like, yeah, I'll give you the, the main yeah. example would be, you know, he, he would have been integral in recruiting Ronaldo. Now, right. you'd argue it's not been the greatest success in the world, but Ronaldo did end last year as the, you know, Serie A top goal scorer. The, um, you know, in, in terms of the Juventus, uh, they're traded uh, on the stock market. They went up like crazy. Um, so, you know, th- these are all key parts that Fabio Paratici will have been a part of. It does question his um, judgment, though, if he's prepared to look at Gattuso as an appointment. I mean, that that does worry me. I must say, mate, you're you're right. I I can't I cannot defend that. There is no world in which I can defend that. You know, I I can't remember whether this was kind of off air off air or not, but yeah, Gattuso really kind of floundered at a couple of clubs with with lots of kind of leaving by mutual consent, resigning, yeah. being fired at, at clubs you've never heard of in, in, in nations where you just would not respect their football. You know, he, he had the Milan youth job and then got the Milan job, did did okay. It wasn't kind of groundbreaking. And then obviously, you know, went on to have the Napoli job and didn't have great success there just to spend 22 days at Fiorentina. So yeah, whether that's a good thing to even consider, yeah, that would make me question his judgment too. I don't blame you there at all. Okay, excellent, mate. That's a really good uh, introduction, a sort of background to, um, you know, Paratici and Gattuso. So rather than go through all the Serie A managers, because we don't have time for that, if, if, if Paratici is intent on getting a Serie A manager, who is the one guy you would recommend who's available potentially that we should now consider going for? Well, well, this is the guy that I, I would argue would potentially be more appealing than even Paolo Fonseca. And you know, you know how I feel about Paolo Fonseca, sure. but, but it would be Gasparini at, uh, okay. Atalanta. You know, Atalanta yeah. have been playing. It's the best football in the league over the past two or so years. Um, and you know, the main point, you know, I mentioned this to you off air. You don't stop one part of the team and then you win. You know, this is a team that, excuse me, um, across a season will, will put like over a hundred goals in. And it's not like there's a 40, 40 goal a year guy and then everybody else pitches in. This is like, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, Duvan Zapata or Luis Muriel or any of these kinds of guys, you know, some, some con- contributions from midfield, like they're going to attack you from everywhere. And it really is the essence of team football. Now, I know that when we've seen them play in Europe over the last couple of years, yeah. um, they've not quite hit as their Serie A form would suggest. But I would say to you that if you look at that squad, like, He's got them playing, you know, the, the the expression I like to use, I don't know if I can swear on your channel, so I'll be, no, so I'll, so I'll be safe with it. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's really made kind of chicken salad out of chicken, you know what, yeah, like he really that. has. It, it's yeah. incredibly impressive. That's the kind of guy where if he was in Tottenham and everybody really bought into what he wanted to do, 
there would not be an over-reliance on a potentially outgoing Kane or an over-reliance on a Son. It would be a real team effort. Team effort yeah. um, and, you know, that that's from defending, that's from attacking. And Gasparini's your guy. And like I, like I said to you, we're really getting to a stage now, unfortunately, where it's like there's not many managers left um, that he no, can I mean, kind of... Are anyway. Yeah, he, he can't really go back to the well uh, in Italy uh, much more because there's not going to be many left. So um, I mean, I've seen Atalanta play, and I must say they play really nice attacking football. Timothy Castagna used to play for Atlanta, is now playing for Leicester. You know, they play a really exciting brand of football. So why hasn't Gasparini, has Gasparini won anything? Or if he hasn't, why hasn't he been able, is it been able to it's, win anything? It's... Uh... Thing is, Leicester's. I was going to draw a comparison with Leicester, but Leicester's squad is better than Atalanta's squad. I really, it's it's a really difficult um, comparison for me to make in, in kind of a Premier League English sense. Um, yeah. You know, um, the, the reason why he hasn't won anything is that there isn't that elite star power. Um, uh, you know, kind of across the board to to, to really cover everything. You know, yes, yes you've got um, Christian Romero, who's on a two-year loan from um, from Juventus with, and I believe the option to buy is like 16 million euros. Um, yes. We've seen uh, Robin Gussens play for the uh, German national team. Yes. He's yes, you know, he's there. He's there at left wing back. He's a terrific player. So my mind from appointing Gasparini, I think like, could you not do a deal with, with Atalanta where you could bring a Christian Romero in to play one of those centre-back roles? Gerson's can come in at left wing back, maybe bring in a midfielder or so. You know, yeah. there's plenty of things that they would potentially be able to do with that Atalanta setup. But the reason why they haven't gotten over the over the end is, yeah, you're playing against Paolo Dybala, Cristiano Ronaldo, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Lukaku, Hakim, you know, it's, it's, it's levels. And unfortunately, I'm... My the the people who who know me from box to box football with my buddy James like they're sick of me saying this, but it's all about environment. It's 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 taking advantage of what's there to be had. Um, just a quick one off. Like the reason why I'm not super high on Pep Guardiola is, I think Pep's a great coach, but if you if you put a lot of managers in the best team in each of the leagues, like you're going to have some success. It doesn't make you fantastic. You know, I'm still waiting for Pep Guardiola to go to an Atalanta or a Lazio or a Roma and then win. Then, then we start to see things. And for Gasparini, a good job for him would have really been kind of like seventh, eighth, ninth, but to make top four consistently with that squad, I think he'd bring a lot to Tottenham. So did Atlanta get top four last season? Yes, they did. I want to say they snuck. I want to say snuck in to fourth. My memory's uh, messing me up here a Sorry little for bit. Putting you on the spot there. No, that's Jack. okay. I just want. I just want to make sure because I know Juve. Juve were they were tied on points with Juventus, yeah. um, but they had a better uh, goal difference um, oh. and head to head. So, so there's a great example. They were one point off. Uh, joint uh, third uh, for points with Juventus, and they made yeah. third last year. Um, you know, that's and that's great. that's above that's above Napoli. Uh, yeah, that's great, above yeah. Juventus, Lazio, Roma, Sassuolo. You know, that, it's a, it's one hell of an really, achievement. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really good, Jack. Again, a great insight into you know Italian football, Italian managers, Gasparini, Paratici, etc. One last question before we leave you here. Forget about everything about Italian or whatever. If you were Daniel Levy or Paratici or whatever, who would you appoint as a Tottenham manager? Who would be your choice as Tottenham manager? And you don't, you know, be reasonable yeah. about it because obviously we can't get Guardiola and all that. But who no, would you, sure. Who, <laughs> who, who would you? Who would you think would be a good fit for Tottenham? Because you've got a lot of football experience, football knowledge. Who would? Who would be the name you'd put your? You'd want to, you know, at Tottenham. 
Well, to, to, to your point, like if, if I wasn't being realistic, I'd just say Conte and we'd, we'd yeah, end exactly. the conversation. Yeah, um, exactly. I, I think what's going to have to start happening is you're going to probably have to start looking in your own backyard a little bit more. And I know that that's probably the last thing that Spurs fans want to hear. But yeah, the likes of the likes of a Graham Potter. I actually um, think Graham Potter would be a great choice. I actually support so Graham. Do I. I think he's a great manager. If if Graham Potter had a couple of forwards who were even half decent as uh, yeah. putting the ball in the goal, yeah, we'd exactly. be talking about Brighton as a top seven, top six team. Now, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So take you know take take that Tottenham squad and replace it with the Brighton squad. He could potentially do magical things. Now, yeah, Graham Potter is not a not a handsome you know Portuguese or Italian yeah. fella who's going to bring yeah. any flair or class to the to the thing, but. Graham Potter knows football, and he he would be a good appointment. Yeah, I'd, I'd consider taking a punt on 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 somebody like Eddie Howe. I, th- I think there's some, there's something to be said there. He's out been out of football for a while, but I can't imagine he'd be short of offers. Um, the one thing I would say that really would not make me feel comfortable if I was a Spurs fan, I would stay pretty far away from from Scott Parker. I, I don't think that at this point of his managerial career that would that would be the right move for him. But yeah, Gasparini is is the real standout uh, for me that I think would be a good fit. And Eric Ten Hag, I, I'm not sold on him yet. I'm really I not. I agree with you. I'm not sold on Ten Hag as well. You know, any guy who can lose a three 0 lead in 45 minutes, he's got some issues there. Yeah, and and again, and again, just just quickly, again, it's the it's the you know you're you're the manager of Ajax. Like, okay, there are some you know final there, PSV there, whatever. There there are some teams that can make some moves, but you're the manager of Ajax. You should be winning that league. You should be winning that league every single year and doing something in the Champions League. You know? Yeah, no, totally agree, mate. Listen, it's been as ever. It's been a great pleasure talking to you, Jack. You expert with a lot of great opinions, a lot of insights. Our viewers find really interesting. And as I said to you, in the new season, if you've got time, we'd love you to sort of do a weekly or two weekly update on Serie A. Just let us know how it's going. All I think that would be real value for our for our viewers and our subscribers. So um, yeah, I mean, I can is... I can give you um, I can give you updates on how it's going with uh, with Mister Mister Mourinho. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's good. But uh, we'll be in touch, and hopefully, we'll do a few more videos before the new season starts. But uh, thank you very much, Jack. This is Ray from Spurs ninety five one signing off. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. Jack, do you want to say a few final words? Yeah, just guys, if you want to, if you want to hear more from me, uh, head over to uh, to Box to Box Football. Uh, get at me on uh, get at me on social media uh, at Red Brood. I'm always my you know DMs are open uh, when they can be. Happy to engage and and have some some good discussions. Yeah, excellent guys. Well, yeah, I, I'd urge all our subscribers to check out your Twitter and your Box to Box YouTube channel. Thank you very much, and uh, come on, you Spurs. I don't expect you to say that, but I said it. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it. Come on, you Spurs. Go on, boys. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Excellent. You've been listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Stay in touch, continue the debate, and let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening.